Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. When you approach a task, your competence matters, how good you are at it. But something else matters as well how good you think you are at it, your perception of your competence really matters. And it affects your motivation. It affects whether you're willing to jump in and try this task. So as parents, we want to teach our kids competence. We want to help them develop their own competence. Competence is actually one of the three basic ingredients in motivation. There's relationships. That's one of the basic essential things we need to have good, clean motivation. We also need autonomy, a say in our own lives. And then we need a sense of competence, feeling like we're able to do something. Otherwise, why would we bother doing it? There's a really interesting thing about competence. First of all, there's global competence. And then second of all, there's specific competence. So if I feel globally competent, like I'm generally good at a lot of different kinds of things, then if I approach a new task, even if I've never done it before, or I don't know if I'm going to be any good at this particular task, my general global overall competence comes into play and makes me feel like I can probably figure it out. There's also really specific competence. Specific competence means that you have skills for this particular kind of task. Maybe you have musical skills to go about learning a new musical instrument or a new song. And those skills play into the specific competence that you need in order to learn this particular task. So when we're helping our kids, we want to develop both a global kind of competence and then maybe look at the task that we're asking them to do right now and figure out, are there skills that they're missing or competencies that they're missing for this particular thing that I'm wanting them to do? Do they need some self-regulation skills? Do they need some actual training in how to do this task that I want them to do? When I expect kids to do their homework or to practice the piano, do they actually have a step-by-step plan for what that looks like? Do they have the skills to do that? Do they have a location to do that? Do they know where to start? Do they know that staring at homework and not wanting to start it is a really common thing and that we as adults do it too. We have a task that we know we need to do and we just look at it and we don't wanna do it. And so there are little skills we can do to actually get ourselves to do those things that we don't particularly want to do. For example, we can do a five minute lean. We can just lean into it and promise ourselves that we'll only work on it for five minutes and then allow ourselves to leave if we don't wanna do it anymore. That little tiny skill of the five-minute lean helps people to realize, oh, starting homework is a skill. It's a little bit hard to do, but now I know how to get my homework started, and then I can move on. And maybe there's particular skills that they're missing in the middle of homework or in the middle of piano practice that's a part of the learning, but there's meta skills for how to go about doing homework and how to go about piano practice. For example, each year when school would start and piano practice would also start along with it, we would sit down with our kids and we would go, okay, what does piano practice actually look like? Does it mean just playing through a bunch of songs in the book? Does it mean looking at the chart first? Does it mean scales first? It's like, 
If you just have a little checklist of I'm going to do these three things, then you know when you're done and you have a skill for how to go about practicing the piano. As parents, there's a lot of things that we can do to help our kids become more competent. We can back off a little bit and let them experience things and try things and be the ones who, who drive or who use the pencil in taking notes or who make the phone call. We can let our kids check in for themselves when we go to the doctor's office. We can let them make the call to schedule the appointment. We can let them be the person who talks to the other adults in the room when it's something that involves them. I really like the idea as a parent of helping our kids learn a task or a skill that is kind of beyond their years or is very different and unique and gives them a little bit of bragging rights or at least gives us bragging rights that we can say to other people about this kid in their earshot so they can go, wow, I must be competent. I must be good at things. Teaching a kid early on the rules of the road for driving or teaching a kid early on how insurance works or teaching a kid early on how to wrap a present or how to fill the car up with gas. When kids have these competent skills that they see adults doing, they feel more competent in their lives. There's actually even certifications that kids can get. Kids can be certified in CPR or water safety or how to babysit or even boating and piloting or piloting a drone. There's all kinds of things that teenagers can be certified in that gives them confidence and competence because they had to work with other adults to get that. And it's something that's unique and special just to them. And it makes them feel like, wow, I'm competent. I can do it. And that competence leads into other things to motivate them to do other things in their lives. It builds on each other. One of the things I sometimes see happening when we try to work with building competence in our kids is that we pick the skills and we just go about teaching them without really even explaining to our kids what we're doing. If we actually explain to our kids that we're trying to build some competence and ask for their input on how they want to prepare themselves for college or how they want to prepare themselves for living on their own or how they want to prepare themselves for feeling more excited and competent about starting this next school year, then we can get their ideas and they might be more excited to actually do this thing to help build their own competence. Another disconnect that sometimes happens between parents and kids as we're trying to help them build competence is that the kids aren't sure that what you're asking them to do is actually going to get them the results that you think it's going to get them. So we can ask our kids, do you think that this will actually work? So for example, if we want them to finish an assignment and get it turned in, will finishing that assignment and getting it turned in actually affect their grade? or whatever result it is that you want. Maybe you want them to have the learning. Maybe you want them to have a better grade. They know the system that their teacher uses. They might not even need to turn in that assignment and still get a perfectly fine grade. They might have exceptions. They might have late points that matter. There's all kinds of different ways that teachers grade. And so will turning this in actually matter? I learned this when my kids were in college. We would talk sometimes about their workload and what they were doing. And one of the kids would say, wow, you know what? I'm not even going to turn this one in because it really doesn't matter. And I've calculated it and it's, it's not important. So they would intentionally just skip a piece of homework. 
we might as parents have this bias that says, oh no, we should turn in all the homework all the time. But that's just one way to do things. If our kids know that they'll be able to get the grade that they want without turning in a particular thing or without going to class even or whatever it is, if they're making this choice intentionally and with all the information at hand, they might not actually need to do this thing that we think that they need to do because what they're doing won't give them the results that they want. This happens sometimes when we get caught up in the general wisdom of things. So for example, um, I've always heard, at least in our circles, that you should take two um, credits of language in high school, two years of language, in order to go to college. And so everyone takes languages. But as I started looking into it and looking into the colleges that my kids wanted to attend, I actually did the research and said, okay, do you require languages? And they didn't. There was absolutely no difference whether you took a language or whether you didn't. As a matter of fact, it was actually more beneficial if they had taken something with a weighted credit, something like an honors class or something like a, an AP class that would have made it more likely for them to be able to get into the college and also to get a scholarship. So sometimes the common wisdom we think of just like, that's what people do. You just, this is what you do. If you take a look at it, maybe it's not what they need to do. Maybe it won't get them the results that they actually want. Another surprising thing that affects our competence is the mood that we're in right now. So we talked about how competence builds on itself and you just build this big well of competence by doing little things that you're good at and then that makes you feel more competent and you get better at those things and then it makes you feel more competent you try new things and so competence builds and builds and builds on itself but in the moment when you're facing one tiny little task it also depends on your current mood which can be affected by whether or not you've had something to eat whether you're tired whether you're emotionally frustrated by something when you have a down mood you can take a look at a task and say, ah, I'm not up for this, or I don't want to do this, or I don't feel like I'm going to be good at it, or I don't think I can get it done, and just not want to do the task. It just seems overwhelming. Whereas if you approach that same task in a good mood, it's like not that big a deal. You just jump in and you do it. So mood can really make a difference. For example, as I've been creating content and videos, I might come up on a day where I'm just in a down mood for some reason. Don't know what it is. I'm just not up for things. And as I come in to do my work, it's like almost impossible to get started. It feels like I'm never going to be able to get this done. I start having all these negative thoughts about it. I start trying to do it, but I just can't. And I've learned enough about myself now that I'll just take a break. I'll walk around the block, I'll maybe get a snack, I'll take a nap if that's what's necessary, or I'll do something that increases my positive mood. And when I'm in a better mood and I come back and I approach the task, the same exact task I was doing before, it goes just fine. It's okay. So one of the tools we have in building competence is to see in that moment when we're trying to get our kids to do a task or when they need to do something and they're just not feeling up for it, is to actually see if we can help them shift their mood. Because being in a positive mood will increase their sense of competence and make it easier for them to begin the task.
As we help our kids become more competent, using the time to actually teach them skills that we have can be a really good relationship building thing. They're wanting to learn something that's kind of ahead of their time or it's some skill that they need. And it's fun to teach them something that you know how to do. But as kids get older, sometimes it's not as fun anymore to teach them those particular things. They might not be as open to your input. They might not want to be learning from you. They might want to feel more independent. In that case, it's so easy to just go to YouTube to teach them what you would be teaching them. There is a YouTube video on learning how to do anything. And so giving them some autonomy over how they learn the skills that they need to learn to become more competent can be useful in building that competence. I checked out a book recently about parenting and teaching kids a whole bunch of skills to get them ready for their lives. And it was fascinating because they had this really big list about what you could teach your three-year-old, what you could teach your four-year-old, what you could teach your five-year-old. By the time these kids were nine years old, they were learning how to pump gas and hammer nails and saw wood and vacuum the interior of the car and how to use an email and wrap a present. And I love how specific some of these skills were. A kid who can just think, wow, I know how to do these things. I've got a list of things in my bedroom and I've checked them off. I am competent. I know how to do these skills made me kind of excited about the idea of doing this with kids, teaching them all of these cool individual skills. I especially like the idea of teaching a kid a skill that's beyond their years, so they kind of feel ahead of the game and their friends are kind of impressed with them that they already know how to do this thing. It's kind of cool. But it was also easy to get a little bit overwhelmed by this big list because it was creating a sense of should hanging over me, like... I really should be teaching my kids this or that, or are they behind? And having a worry is not going to be helpful when we're parenting. And it was such a huge list that it was a little bit overwhelming. I found it more important for me instead, as I was raising my kids, to just take what's happening right now, take what's in front of us, say it's a new school year, and decide what kinds of things can we do to make this school year be better or work better. Or maybe we have the summer in front of us and saying, okay, let's have a good summer. What can we do to create a good summer? And figuring out the skills that we're missing or maybe even building some skills and competence during this summer. What do we want to accomplish just for this time? So I never had like a big global list of all the things my kids were ever going to learn at any age. But in each season of our lives, we did think of new skills that they needed to learn. I remember for every single kid, teaching them to talk to adults on the phone. It was always a really hard skill for them to learn. They were really nervous about it. And so we would find a project for them to do or a reason for them to have to call. And then we would role play it. And I would be the person on the other end of the phone. I would just say, hello, Joe's plumbing. And just pause and let them figure out what they were going to say. And once we role played it just a little bit, it was just a couple of times, they got really good at it pretty quickly. They would call and they would just say their little line and and I would be right there in case they had any kinds of problems or questions. And it's amazing how much that built their competence and confidence when they knew how to order parts or ask a question from another adult who worked someplace. 
And that's a skill that they carried with them into their adulthood. And it's still what they consider one of their little superpowers. A lot of their friends won't make those kinds of calls. And so they just stay in the dark or they get late fees or whatever else they need to do. But these kids now are not afraid to call their landlord or whoever they need to call because they learned that specific skill and became competent at it at a young age. If you think about why we want to teach our kids competence so that they can be motivated, so that they can do the things we need them to do, why are we wanting to get our kids to do things in the first place? Why are we trying to build their competence and their confidence and their motivation? It's because we need to function in our household right now, but it's also because we need them to be competent adults. That's our job as parents, is to raise kids who become adults who can then live their own lives. And the more we can prepare them for that, the more we feel like we've done a better job as parents. And the great thing about competencies is that every time you teach your kid a new skill, it's something that carries with them for their whole lives. So I learned guitar when I was 16. I can still play guitar as well as a 16-year-old. Whatever skills they learn will carry with them. They'll last a lifetime. They accumulate into their lives. When you've got a kid that isn't feeling competent and is discouraged and not willing to try new things, just doesn't want to try because they don't think they're going to be able to do it, the really important thing is to start small. Not even small, but tiny. B.J. Fogg wrote a book called Tiny Habits that talks about how to start with the tiniest things to build into our lives the habits that we want to do. And we can use his philosophy from creating habits to creating just small successes so that we begin to feel competent. So his example is to start with an anchor, which is something you already do, and then to add a teeny tiny behavior and then celebrate. For example, if you want to start flossing your teeth and you really never do that, but you do brush your teeth, you take the times that you brush your teeth because that's already a habit and that's your anchor, and you add the tiniest version of flossing your teeth. For example, the tiniest version of flossing your teeth could be to floss one tooth. And then you celebrate by going, yes, awesome, doing a happy dance, doing a fist pump in the air, whatever it is that you want to do that takes just a moment of celebration to solidify that in your brain. I love the idea of starting with a teeny tiny habit. And even though it seems like, oh my gosh, why are you celebrating such a dumb little thing? We're not celebrating a dumb little thing. We're celebrating the idea of becoming competent. If we can start with the tiniest of tasks, it doesn't take long before that becomes so simple that we're just wanting naturally to add other things because we've established our competence. My big takeaways from studying competence and how it relates to parenting our kids is that competence breeds competence. It's a snowball. If you can start small and getting kids to feel like they're competent at things, then it rolls over into new things that they're trying and it just builds on each other. I also learned that competence is big and accumulates, but it's also tiny and in the moment and can be affected by just even something as simple as our moods. And so being kind and compassionate to ourselves when we're in a bad mood gives us the space to build a little bit of change before we come back and attack whatever it is we're doing. And it allows us to feel more competent because we feel in a better mood.
And I love how we can start teeny tiny with our competence, that it's okay to celebrate the smallest of achievements. So our principle for today is building competence increases our motivation and our willingness to do whatever task is in front of us that needs doing. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.